It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I get it out the mud. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, aka it's Turkey Day, people. So happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate you guys listening uh, all throughout the year and every Monday through Friday, your team every day only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And if you're in the car and you guys are driving somewhere for Thanksgiving and you're not a fan of Los Angeles Rams football, welcome in and thank you for letting your husband or wife play this podcast while you guys are commuting to wherever you're going. And hopefully you guys are having a great day filled with turkey and some beers and some wine and some good desserts. And hopefully make yourself feel a little bit better after obviously a very rough loss last Monday night on the National Spotlight. But today we've got a great show. You know it's Thursday, so that means Jake Ellenbogen is with us. We're going to be talking over this matchup this weekend we're going to talk about Goff versus Murray in that quarterback duel that will be going on on Sunday. Uh, we're also going to talk about, will this be the opportunity for the Rams offense to pick it up? Cardinals rank near the bottom in the NFL as far as defense goes, so hopefully this is a game to get right for the Rams. And uh, at, as this is our Thanksgiving episode, we're going to finish with some, some thanks. We're going to talk about some things that Rams fans can be thankful for about moving forward and, and throughout the rest of the year. So there is some positivity at the end here as we kind of wrap it up. Also want to give a quick shout out. If you guys are going to the game this weekend down in Arizona, uh, if you don't have tickets yet, or if you do, uh, you got to check out Fancation. And that's F-A-N-C-A-T-I-O-N, Fan Vacation, basically, Fancation. Uh, they're going to be running a Black Friday special. It's typically 200 bucks, but it's going to be down to 99 It includes a bust of the game tailgating with all you can eat food and drinks that includes alcohol so right there you're thinking you can get your money's work plus a ticket so all that for 99 bucks uh i support fancation so go check them out and take a look if you're in the arizona or and weren't thinking about going the game but 99 bucks for all that sounds like a great deal jump on it so uh but we got a lot to get to today as i mentioned we got a great show with jake ellenbogen so with that let's just get right into it I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams, and I'm joined by Jake Ellenbogen of Downtown Rams, and this is your lead story. Jake, the Rams are heading down to Arizona this week to face the Cardinals, who are coming off a bye. Uh, the Rams obviously just got embarrassed at home, let's be honest. With this week's matchup, what scares you or gives you hopes of encouragement when you see the, the Cardinals on the schedule? Um, what scares me is that the Rams have yet to face the Cardinals and I don't think they could, they could literally be playing them at a worse time. I think now Kyler Murray is pretty much closing out his rookie year. Um, I think he's done some incredible things, some things that won't be, um, talked about because of the record. I believe they're three, seven and one. So, you know, I, I have to say that, um, that also goes with Kingsbury. Who's a first year play caller in the NFL first year head coach. Uh, I think the defense is finally finding themselves. I think this is a team that's now played the 49ers tough back-to-back games, which is something the Rams failed to do. And uh, this is a team that doesn't go away. They've been in almost every game except for maybe the Saints game. So I, and this is also a team that that hung around and gave, you know, the Ravens a scare. Um, so I think this team continues to get better. And I think, uh, you know, this is definitely not a, a matchup that I would overlook at all. Um, I do think the Cardinals are a legit team. I think, unfortunately, that they, you know, for them, they've had some games kind of end, you know, not going in their favor. But it's the sign of a good team, uh, you know, moving forward. They're going to be in the long term, you know, a, a potential division winner. But right now they're they're not that team yet. They're young and it shows in their ability to close games, which I think should give the Rams fans, uh, you know, obviously some um you know, something to feel good about. Uh, but, you know, coming off that loss against the Ravens, I'm pretty shot, honestly. Um, I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, um, I'll, I'll say this as, you know, kind of a silver lining. Uh, the Rams defense isn't going to play that bad the rest of the year. Uh, I do think it was kind of an anomaly. I know people want to say 
defense sucks. Uh, it's uh, you know, they, they shouldn't run a three, four Wade's terrible, all that. Um, I would make the argument that one, the Rams hadn't played an offense that went for it on fourth down every single time, like the Ravens, which kept the team on the field uh, a absurd amount of time, um, 40 minutes to be exact. Uh, they were on the field 40 out of the 60 minutes in a, in a football game. Uh, so the crazy. defense was exhausted. Not only that, the way Wade Phillips decided to scheme for Lamar Jackson went against everything that I was basically standing for on this podcast and on my podcast and on a live stream I did. You have to keep Lamar in front of you. And they didn't. They went very balls to the wall aggressive and tried to throw bodies at him. And and they made the Rams pay, whether it was Lamar, or whether it was Ingram or Gus Edwards or Justice Hill. And it's exactly like what I said, you know, it, it, it becomes a lot easier when you have guys running downhill, uh, you know, especially with that speed option and the zone read and the read option. And of course, the, um, you know, the RPO uh, they have to worry about. I just think there was too much there. Uh, and I do think because, you know, the offense was so abysmal in the red zone and settled for six points, I think it put the, the defense in a wicked bad spot. And, and you know, that's why. Yeah. And, and a couple of things to add to that, you know, yeah, when you're talking about the defense, I'm with you. I don't think they're going to be that bad again the rest of the season. I mean, it was nothing that we've seen, of, especially in the past three or four weeks since Jalen Ramsey has come on board and we've seemed to have kind of switched up the defense um, and played a little bit different of a style. But I'm with you. It was almost the exact opposite. Baltimore's game plan was our game plan, right? I mean, that's what we wanted to do on both sides of the ball. They, they really controlled the game defensively as well as um, you talked about having the ball for 40 minutes out of a 60 minute game. Like they ran the football extremely well. And I don't think the Rams will give up over 200 yards the rest of the season. And maybe we're wrong. We'll have to see if these guys roll over and quit, but that's kind of hopefully the exciting thing about having the Arizona Cardinals. But like you said, I think you made a great point at the very beginning of that statement was the Rams haven't played them yet. And that's the one thing that does scare me about it is you think, oh, Arizona Cardinals, we, we end the season playing them twice. That may not be a good thing, especially if you're watching those games. You know, if you if you looked at or even watched any of that Arizona Cardinals game versus the 49ers, they played them twice really, really well. At one point, uh, I think they're up 16 or 17 points the second time they faced them and just kind of blew it at the yeah, end. And had an opportunity to... It is kind of scary going down on the road for a team that you haven't played yet uh, on, like you said, maybe the worst possible time uh, confidence wise, offensively, defensively, trying to get it right. And maybe on the flip side, as we are both kind of glass half full people, this is the get right game we need, right? We needed to be smacked in the mouth to kind of turn around and go, all right, we cannot go down to Arizona with this type of performance because uh, we will get smacked in the mouth again. And it's just interesting. Monday night football, you got Thanksgiving on Thursday, you got a Sunday game. Uh, McVay talked about how this is a short week and those things aren't going to affect him. And he almost is game planning as if they're playing on Thursday. Like the short week in their head is kind of uh, being game plan that way. And if you look back to our only Thursday night game so far this season, up in Seattle, again, on the road, uh, played really well after getting embarrassed at home as well. So uh, I expect this team to come out kind of with that same fire we saw in Seattle, ready for a division opponent to kind of throw it down uh, up down there in Arizona. So we'll see how it goes. And we got more to get to. I want to talk especially about this quarterback uh, duo that we may see down there. I want to talk about who we've got at number two in the room and, and talk a little bit about Blake Bortles. And, and I'm not saying replace golf, but I do want to talk a couple things about that blowout game and, and potentially uh, seeing Bortles in that game, as well as uh, just talking about the offense defense and what we are going to need to do to get a victory uh, down there in Arizona, as well as our thankful segment in, in segment three. So more coming up, Lockdown Rams Thursday, Jake and Bear right after this. Before we get over to the next segment, I want to talk to you guys about Metro Infinity. First of all, calling out to all my Rams fans, help a brother out here. I got a call from a man, Billy Adams, the other day, and he said, great, man, the ads are working. Great job. And I said, awesome. One of our guys came down to try out a car, and he said, no, actually, one of the Chargers fans came down, and they bought a car. They left a satisfied customer, and they couldn't be more happy. And I said, a Chargers fan? So I'm calling all my Rams fans. You got to go check out Metro Infinity. It's 281 East Central Monrovia, California, just off the 210 in Monrovia. Me, you, we're both upset about this loss. We'll blow off some steam. 
Go look at a shiny, brand new, or used Infinity because Metro Infinity is the number one volume dealer in California. They are the only dealer in California, by the way, that is family owned and has been in business for over 25 years. So swing by, check out the brand new multi-million dollar facility, grab some keys, take a test drive. Don't tell Billy I said this, but you know, hit the pedal to the metal a little bit. Test that baby out, blow off some steam. And heck, you're going to get a great deal on the car because if you mention Lockdown Rams, you're going to get $500 off. So do me a solid. Take a break from all this Rams talk and go try out one of these brand new or used Metro Infinity cars. Right now, you can get a 2019 Q50 Luxury with $1,500 down for $350 tax included. Don't forget your discount. $500 when you mention Lockdown Rams. Again, you can find them just off the 210 in Monrovia. Metro Infinity, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. Also a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams is my bookie. And hopefully you guys didn't get too badly burned from the game tonight. Well, if you did, there is a chance to win your money back this week. And this week only, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game on Thanksgiving. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You got a little extra holiday money. If you lose, Congrats as well. You get your money back. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally can't lose. It's no risk at all. Literally no risk at all. It's a $250 bet. You win, you keep it, you lose, you get it back. So quit waiting around and sign up to play today. Just log into mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and then it's on to top it off with a risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we are back with Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams. Guys, make sure to go give everyone a follow. Uh, Jake, you can find him at DTR as well as at Downtown Rams. Go check out the website. Uh, they got a bunch of great writers putting up content constantly up there as well as the podcast, Downtown Rams, and the Halftime Show. They are always getting content your way. And Jake, I believe, is doing uh, some live recording now too. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been trying to keep up with it. Of course I was like, yeah, I'll do it every day. It's not realistic to say that. Uh, but I, you know, <laughs> I'm trying, uh, yeah, you can find that on a uh, sportscaster. Um, you know, I'm on there and I'm on Facebook live and, you know, we have our Instagram live, uh, Lexus does the Instagram live and, um, you know, when I can, I go on Periscope and, and YouTube live. So they're, they're diff- definitely a bunch. You're of all over the place. And, uh, and also, also, I'll throw this out there because it, it's different and no one else is doing it. Um, but we have a Discord channel um, that you, you know, we have links everywhere. And and every day after I get out of work, just to interact with the people that, you know, interact with us and, and the, you know, the podcast, everything, um, I like to host a voice chat. So anybody that wants to join in, I've never had like 10 people at once. So I think that'd definitely be interesting and probably very loud. But I welcome anybody that wants to talk Rams football or just sports in general uh to to give that a shot as well man i uh i feel you on the daily content it is a challenge uh, you just got to find a groove and get into a schedule and obviously it sounds like you're putting up a bunch of stuff so we appreciate that also you can find uh our content locked on rams on twitter instagram facebook uh facebook group la underscore rambling bear on twitter and of course the podcast all of our podcasts are on spotify itunes google podcast and himalaya and if you guys haven't checked out Uh, the new Google initiative that we are doing. Take a look at your Google Home speaker or even the Google Assistant app, and you can uh, basically log in and have Lockdown Rams in there or any other uh, team or fan base or area you're trying to look at for Lockdown and and have a daily update sent to you on your phone every day from this beautiful voice right here, Mr. Bear Motter. So uh, (laughs) we appreciate you guys listening. Let's get back to some football. Uh, Jared Goff. Kyler Murray, that is the showdown on Sunday. So far, the edge has to go to Kyler Murray. Statistically, uh, he is doing a lot better than Jared Goff, uh, taking care of the football better. That's a lot to say for a rookie coming in. Uh, when you look at this game on Sunday, do you think, you know, and, and looking at the defense on the other side, 
you know, who do you think has a better chance to have a better game on Sunday? And, you know, how do you think that's really going to play out offense versus defense versus these two teams? Well, um, between Kyler and Goff, I, I definitely would lean Kyler. Um, the Rams didn't show a good game plan against Lamar Jackson, um, going back to what we were talking about. And I feel like Kyler can do just as much. Um, I, I wouldn't say more, but he, I think he's a better, I, I would make the argument and, and I, I think Lamar Jackson might be the best offensive weapon in the league right now. And he's probably MVP, but, um, you know, I think Kyler, it might be a better thrower of the football. Um, he just, he reminds me so much of Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, I think that's definitely going to not bode well for the Rams. I know that they have gone up against Russell Wilson a ton and, and they've seen him and, and it's, you know, they do better against him than, um, you know, most quarterbacks, but I, I still think, you know, you haven't played Kyler yet. You haven't gone up against, uh, you know, Cl- uh, Cliff Kingsbury's offense yet. Um, I, I, I just think, you know, he's going to get more opportunities. I, I don't think the Rams offense has proven anything to me. Um, you know, and, and pretty much last week I was going out on a limb saying I just had a feeling Goff would have a good game and he didn't. Um, but, you know, I, I don't I don't see it on the road. Um, you know, I, I still, still think that this this Arizona Cardinals defense is a little underrated. Uh, and I do think that they have some serious contributions out of, you know, um, you know, guys like Chandler Jones, uh, you know, guys like um, and I know everyone's going to say Patrick Peterson right now. They're probably filling in the blank, but I'm not going to say Patrick Peterson. I think he's taken a step back. I think he's actually somewhat of a liability and I think the Rams could target him. But I'll say right now, Byron Murphy, he was the best corner yeah. in this draft. He's phenomenal. And he's the real deal. And I think he's he's really turned it on. They have some obvious um, you know, athleticism. Uh, Jordan Hicks uh, for the Arizona Cardinals leads the league in tackling. Uh, linebacker that they got from the Eagles. Don't know how he was available in free agency, but he was. Um, and Hassan Reddick and, and guys like that have uh, you know stepped up as well. So, I mean, they're they're better than the record indicates. Yeah. And there's some some names on that defense. As you mentioned, Chandler Jones. I mean, he seems to always have an incredible season. Uh, Byron Murphy uh, at that cornerback position. Patrick, uh, Patrick Pearson with the name. You think, okay, um, going to get some something out of him. You're right. I think he's definitely had a step back as far as production. But as a unit, they haven't really played very well. And they struggle against the tight end. Talking with Lockdown Cardinals, Bo Brock this week. He was talking about, you know, if you got Gerald Everett in your fantasy and it's an option, plug him in because he should have a huge game if Jared Goff can go to him. Uh, they haven't found a way to stop a tight end all year long. I think they are very last in the league as far as covering the tight end, uh, as well as uh, out of running backs out of the backfield. They've really struggled with uh, that as well. And I know we haven't seen as much as we want from Todd Gurley out of the backfield catching the ball, but this might be a perfect matchup. You talked about some of their elite corners on the outside, but they're really struggling to get a couple of those other guys, whether it's the tight end or the running back out of the backfield. So hopefully Sean McVay can help his quarterback a little bit. This, uh, you know, we've, we've called him the, the boy wonder, the offensive genius. Uh, well, he's got to find a way to game plan and uh, to help his quarterback. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit off air and we'll get into it here a little bit, but you know, you can even tell that Sean McVay is trying to call a game differently because he knows his quarterback is limited in certain areas. Uh, we saw in a few occasions where it was early in the game. I think we were only down seven, maybe 14 at that time, you know, but it was a third and nine and he's running a draw. We ended up getting a penalty that backed us up. Like he's not even confident in a third nine situation uh, where he can just let the quarterback, let it go. It wasn't, you know, we weren't backed up on our own five. We weren't, you know, it wasn't those type of things where you're playing field position. And it was, it was just shocking for me. And then kind of what I want to get to here next is, you know, I've seen some talk around from different people about like, what's up with Blake Bortles, right? Like, when does he get a shot to come in? And I'm not saying like, turn the page completely and say, oh, you know, Blake Bortles is starting versus the Cardinals or benching your $110 million quarterback in the first half. But I am saying when you're getting blown out by 30 points, and you're punting late in the third quarter and early in the fourth quarter, and you're basically waving that white flag, why risk having your $110 million quarterback out there when offensively you're kind of just saying, can we get this game over with and move on? Why don't you throw out Blake Bortles and give him a shot to see what he can do in this offense and and maybe light a fire, like you mentioned in our conversation earlier, light a fire under Jared Goff. Are, are those questions you're asking, and and do you expect at some point before this season is over to see Blake Bortles in a live action type of game? 
Yeah, um, I don't uh, because I think money talks. And I think, you know, even putting this in terms of, you know, uh, another sport, you know, just being a Yankee fan, you know, being in New York and when the, the Yankees decided to pay A-Rod a second time, Alex Rodriguez, for those of you who don't know, um, he was not the A-Rod that they paid the first time. And people, you know, didn't want to pay him the first time. The second time, it pushed him ahead of everyone else. So it's like, because you played, you know, you paid him, you have to play him. It's it's the same thing with Goff. Uh, regardless of how poor he plays, McVay can't bench him. That wasn't even a McVay pick. It was, and of course he wasn't there at the time. Uh, it doesn't even matter if it was a Sneed pick because Kroenke, the big boss, signed off on it. Demoff loves Jared Goff, um, <clears throat> which is kind of an issue because if if Goff is not the guy, uh, then they paid the wrong guy. And I don't think this is a team that would move on from him. Um, I think, keep in mind, you remember, you know, Stan Kroenke had to do, uh, he had to sign off on the trade. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing. Oh, Stan, we're doing this. It's like, nope. Right. Stan had to sign off on it. Like, okay, why are you, why are we trading up to number one and who are we taking? And, you know, they had to, he had to sign off on that. And, uh, you know, they ended up going with Jared Goff. Um, you know, I, I was a Wentz guy, but it has nothing to do with that because right now I think Dak Prescott in the fourth round looks like the best quarterback in that draft class, which is crazy. Um, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It, oh, well, <laughs> it definitely hurts me because I stuck my neck out for golf, you know, in the offseason saying he was the sixth best quarterback, uh, you know, in, in the league. And, uh, you know, at, at times last year, he looked like he was 100% going to be in that elite upper echelon of, of that, you know, position. Um, but I, I still say it. I think the hit he took against Kansas city um, rattled him. And the best way I want to explain this to your listeners is, um, and I tweeted about this. I don't know if you saw, uh, but I used to play again with the baseball, you know, comparison. Uh, I used to play baseball. And when I did, I I used to, I I had this problem where like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was in my head, but like, I literally got hit. I got marked at the plate. I basically, Mm -hmm. like I got hit so much that I started backing out of the plate backing out of the, the batter's box. Um, you know, it was embarrassing for sure, but it was almost like I couldn't control it. It just, I got so shell shocked, um, from getting hit so much. It just, it ruined me. Um, I got back and of course, you know, everything, you know, bounced back and I wasn't doing that forever. Uh, but it's called putting your foot in the bucket. And, uh, you know, anytime you step, you, you take your foot, you step out of the, bo- the batter's box while you're still in it. Um, it just makes it pretty much impossible to hit a, a you know, a baseball, uh, right. The reason I bring that up is because Jared Goff is doing the football version of that. Yeah, he is terrified, um, even when there's no pressure to speak of. He bails out of the pocket. He's throwing off his back foot. Uh, he, you know, he shuffles steps. Has really poor um, overall base uh, when he's throwing. Um, you know, he his mechanics are off. It's why you're constantly seeing, even when he has time, balls are are hitting. You know, Cooper Cup's foot. You know, and he's not it's going. The problem is mechanics are everything in in sports. And while, yes, you do get a guy every now and then that can throw with horrible mechanics like Philip Rivers and whose shot puts (laughs) the ball and just defies pretty much just logic. Right. You also get the guys that 100 percent need good mechanics. Otherwise, they it just doesn't work. And that's pretty much 95 percent of the field. And so yeah. when you look at Goff, he doesn't throw with a consistent throwing base. Um, you know, he, I don't like the way he, he throws the football, period. They talked about it on the broadcast, how, you know, Lamar Jackson realized I was throwing ducks. I wasn't used to the size of the football, changed it, worked all offseason. Now I'm throwing tight spirals. I haven't seen Goff throw one tight spiral in his career, um, but that's neither here nor there. My whole point is it's the accuracy. And it's the confidence and the accuracy is led directly because of the confidence, because, you know, when you when you look at, you know, just what Jared Goff brought to the table coming at Cal, you saw a guy that went through, you know, he battled through adversity his first year at uh, California. He got absolutely decked. Um, You know, he tore his shoulder, I believe, at one point, like he had issues, uh, but he you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. He worked through them and uh, then ended up going number one overall. Had issues his uh, first year in the league, didn't get to start for whatever reason, uh, you know, the first seven games and then comes in 
um, or the first you know bunch of games in the year, comes in last seven games of the year, goes 0-7, has Greg Robinson as his left tackle, gets annihilated. But again, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And the next year he comes back with Sean McVay and company, and he turns it around. Um, you know, the year after that, the second year in the Sean McVay system, and you start to see the little nuances that they add in, in the playbook. Um, and then, you know, everything is looking good. I mean, I, like I said, he played a perfect game against the Vikings last year and played a really close to perfect game against the Chiefs last year. However, in that Chiefs game, he suffered a hit. Uh, it was a double uh, helmet to helmet, and I think it rattled him. I don't think necessarily he had a concussion from it. I'll say it over and over again. I think it rattled him, and I don't think he's been the same, and numbers really support that. Um, the, you know, the Detroit lions game, it looked like he was seeing ghosts from there on. It, it just seemed like Sean McVay kind of knew something and was almost like managing the game. If you notice, they're not as aggressive anymore in the play calling and, uh, Jared isn't hitting throws that he was making right. consistently last year. So that is my biggest worry is that he is broken right now. His mechanics are broken and he needs to fix himself and he needs to do it quickly because it's the Rams don't have this, this window right. of opportunity as you're now finding out. Well, and I think you're right on some of that. I, I'm still curious about the hit and how much that affects, you know, really long term, how that goes when you have a whole off season. But I do agree with you as far as he does look, I don't want to say scared because that makes him like a wuss and a quarterback. And we just talked about how he's taken a beating from Cal through high school football all the way up to the NFL. So I don't, I don't know if he's really scared of the physicality of the game, but he's definitely back there and his feet are all over the place. You mentioned him throwing from his back foot, having no solid base. The tight spiral just doesn't seem to be there. Um, and, and, you know, I think he notices it with the play calling when it's third and nine and he's got to hand the ball off in his head. He's going, well, I used to get that as a throw option. We used to pick that up and get 13, 14 on that. Like, where has this gone wrong? So I think it's a lot of things that are kind of going into it. The nice thing I love about the NFL, before we jump over to the next segment, uh, I want to say just a couple of things, is that it's it's a year-by-year -year league, right? I mean, we talked about, I believe it was you, it could have been somebody else, but we talked about you know some of these big-time quarterbacks that went all the way to the top, whether that was the Super Bowl or MVP-type candidate. You know, you're looking at you know, Cam Newton, the year where he was an MVP guy, Super Bowl, and then all of a sudden, you know, Carolina's looking to move on from him after injuries and, and disappointment. Um, and and I think for him, he has an opportunity to bounce back next year. This year, yes, you can look at it as kind of a wash. And you talked about ranking quarterbacks and put them up near in that top 10. And he definitely fell far out of that this year. Obviously, looking at his QBR and all that type of stuff, he's literally near the bottom. Uh, but Next year's a different year, and I think getting back together and trying to regroup and rebuild this thing, they'll have an opportunity to see a Jared Goff because, like you said, they are tied to this guy. There's no cutting him. Uh, good luck trying to trade him. Good luck trying to find a team that's going to take on that money and do this. So you are stuck with them, and I'm not asking for Blake Bortles right now, but I think at some point this season, I wouldn't mind seeing Blake Bortles in the second half of a game if we're getting beat badly or Jared Goff is really struggling. One, to send a message like, hey, yeah, we're paying you, but still you have to perform to step onto this field. Two, light a fire being like, all right, cool. There's other people doing this and that can step in and do it for a lot cheaper. Um, you know, th those type of signals as well as just understanding where you, you, you it's not just hand fed over to you. So um, that's being said about Blake Bortles. I also think that there's an opportunity for him to rise back into a top 10 conversation next year when we regroup and come back. And I know a lot of people are shaking their head and going, dude, watch the film. He's just not it. And I, I think I lean that way as well, but I'm not going to say that, you know, Jared Goff, the era of him, as far as being a good quarterback and being able to move this football for LA is over. And unfortunately, like you said, with the A-Rod thing, Money talks, and they are stuck to this guy. So they're going to have to figure out a way, whether they like it or not, whether that's changing up in the offseason, going and getting a fullback and just saying, hey, we're going to pound the football and use Todd Gurley because we're also paying him a bunch of money uh, until those wheels fall off, and then just minimize what Jared Goff has to do. Let's not make him this 4,000-yard passer. Let's make him a you know, 2,500, 3,000-yard passer. Let's take down the turnover. So there's different ways they can game plan over, this, over the offseason. Uh, we'll talk about that, obviously, through this podcast and, and some more moving forward. But let's get to a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about some things we're thankful for. We'll get back to the positive side, and then we'll look at an outcome for this game on Sunday versus the Arizona Cardinals. Jake and Bear, more coming up right after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, welcome back, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. You know, as you're listening to this, it is Thursday. It is Turkey Day, uh, and I hear some crazy talk out there on Twitter, people saying they don't like turkey. You are crazy, people. I hope everyone is enjoying that. Uh, I talked about having a Friendsgiving I'm still eating turkey soup every single day. It's almost like my preparation, uh, getting my belly right and ready for tomorrow's feast of drinking a bunch of beers and watching some football. Uh, Nice to know the Rams are off because another national game is kind of scaring me, even though we have a couple of those coming up. uh, And hopefully the Rams will have a chance to get right. But with it being Thanksgiving, I listened back uh, to my episode as I was going through and making our Lockdown Rams playlist from all the music from all over the last couple of years. And I listened to last year and I was actually down in Mexico City. I came back. I had like no voice uh, and I did a podcast and I was sitting here saying things I was thankful for. And I didn't care if I didn't have a voice or not. But, you know, the Rams just won the biggest game, you know, talking about that you know, game versus Kansas City. Uh, we sat here and was thinking about things to be thankful for, knowing that we've struggled. Uh, Jake, I'll, I'll start off with you and let you kind of take some things on. But when you look at it, the big picture, the future picture, the now picture, whatever you want to say, uh, looking at this Rams team, what are some things that Rams fans can be thankful for right now? Um, well, you can be thankful for the Super Bowl appearance last year. You can be thankful for Sean McVay as your head coach. I, again, I know people are very, you know, they're, they're low on him, but I'm sorry right now. Sean McVay is 100% going to be the coach of the Rams for a long time. Not worried about that. Um, you could be thankful for Aaron Donald. You can be thankful for, uh, and and I'm, I'm saying guys that are, you know, you notice there's actually like something that like it's there. It's, it's a style. I would say Corey Littleton, but Corey Littleton isn't going to be there if they don't pay him. Um, you know, guys (laughs) that guys that are, are signed long-term, um, you can be thankful for Todd Gurley. And I know that sounds crazy to some because everyone thinks he's done and I will continue fighting the good fight because I know everyone likes to say, well, he has no burst and, um, he's more of a finesse guy and all that. I don't really care. Um, I think he's still one of the best backs and I think he is just not used. And, uh, you know, I also think that they don't run the football regardless if it's Gurley, Malcolm Brown or Daryl Henderson. So I think it's just the total excuse. Um, you can be thankful for the three best, uh, the, the best trio of receivers in the game and maybe, uh, you know, the best quad, uh, you know, um, of, you know, receivers in the game. If you're including, um, you know, Josh Reynolds, who, you know, has grown on me, um, you can be thankful for, uh, the best punter in the game, the most clutch kicker in the game, 
I know he missed the field goal against Seattle, but if you look, the numbers are there. He is, he's unbelievable. Um, you can be thankful for the best long snapper in the game. And the reason I yeah. say that is because I didn't realize how important a long snapper was until uh, I saw that one guy, I forget who it was, literally just snap a ground ball to <laughs> the, it was, it, it was over the weekend. I forget who it was, but it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, you can be thankful for uh, the corners um, trading for Jalen Ramsey. I know people are really bummed about those picks, but um, tell me who you would draft with a first round pick right now. If you can't answer that, then I guess the pick really doesn't matter to you that much. Um, you know, it's more right. of a narrative thing. And, and by the way, uh, the Rams have done a really nice job of finding talent. Now, I, I wasn't thankful for them getting rid of, you know, a talent like John Franklin Myers, who they found in the fourth round. But they again, they've found guys like that fourth, fifth, sixth, you name it. Um, they find it. So, uh, you know, I, I think you can be thankful for less need. Um, having a GM, you know, I know he's, it's not working right now, but, and he's going to get blamed, but at the same time, you have a GM that's willing to pull the trigger, isn't going to sit there and just, you know, Ryan Griggs in it. Oh, well, luck doesn't need protection. We're not going to go get him protection or, oh, this guy doesn't need weapons. We're not going to get him weapons. Nope. We're actually going to go out and we're going to get Jalen Ramsey. We're going to draft Aaron Donald. We're going to trade up and get Jared Goff, uh, number one overall, uh, make that bold move after picking 13th. Um, you know, we're, we're going to go out and, you know, get Brandon cooks. We're going to sign Andrew Whitworth. We're going to sign Robert Woods going to drive Cooper cup. You know, I mean, those are, those are the things that kind of, you know, they, they don't get enough love. Um, so I mean, yeah, you, you can be thankful for that. You can also be thankful for, uh, guys like Obanai Okoronkwo and Atrez Patrick. And, um, you know, I know people would hate this, but Troy reader and Troy Hill and, um, you know, Marky <laughs> Christian guys that are stepping up, um, you know, below yeah. the start, you know, below the starters, but guys that, you know, kind of shown a little bit of, uh, you know, potential to maybe become a starter someday. Uh, you know, that I like a it deal. So that that's what I would say. Yeah, well, you did a great job and I'm going to kind of probably double down on a few of those things and add a few more um, because I think it starts with if you're an old school Rams fan or a new school Rams fan here in Los Angeles, you just got to be thankful they're back in LA, right? You got a football team in your market in a massive market. That's going to continue to grow. And uh, you know, don't worry about the chargers. They're not going to affect what we do. And I guess you can also be thankful that you're not the chargers because uh, they're kind of getting rejected from this city. And it seems nobody wants them. And I feel sorry for some of those fans, including my girlfriend. She might hit me once she hears this. <laughs> um, but, you know, L.A., man, we are dominating the Los Angeles market, whether people are writing about our fan base or not. Uh, when that new stadium opens up and we continue to go this winning program, which we have, which I think you can also be thankful for, uh, is going to start to fill that thing up. And then as you talk about that, a new stadium eight months away or less, you got to be thankful for that. Got to be thankful that this is our last season of the Coliseum. It's been a good temporary home, but that new stadium, and I know you guys have seen it all over social media as they continue to share things, is going to be ridiculous. So you got to be thankful for having one of the best stadiums uh, if not the best stadium in the country, that is awesome. It's going to be hosting the Olympics. It's going to have the Super Bowl. It's going to have um, NCAA playoffs, whether that's basketball or football. There's going to be a lot of activity there, a lot of big things bringing uh, the attention out here to Los Angeles in that stadium. So you got to be thankful for that. You got to be thankful for three consecutive winning seasons. And I may be speaking ahead of myself here. So we'll go with two winning seasons <laughs> and a potential for a third because right now we have a winning record. And uh, you know, with a handful of games remaining, and we talked about two against the Cardinals and, you know, a rematch against the Seahawks and Niners, uh, there's an opportunity to, get to you know, punch in a ticket for another winning season. Uh, we may not go to the playoffs, but you got to be thankful that we're not a four-win football team anymore, that we don't have to, you know, uh, be like some of these teams at the bottom of the barrel and talking about, you know, the draft and looking forward to that. Yes, we traded our picks, and I get that, but uh, we're not going to have to worry about any of of that type of nonsense with a four win program. This is a team that with McVay and I'm thankful for him as well as just, as are you uh, that he's going to continue to motivate these guys and, and pick up some wins. It's a, it's a rough stretch right now, but they've had to deal with a lot of injuries on that offensive line. And with what they've dealt with so far, injury wise trading uh, guys on IR, I think we have seven or eight guys on IR. Um, you know, they've done a pretty good job there. So you got to be thankful for that. You got to be thankful for the best defender in football. And that's Aaron Donald. You mentioned that 
Um, he is just hands down going to give you everything he has every single day. You got to be thankful for Jalen Ramsey, uh, that trade. I know I, I'm with you as you may not agree with what our GM is doing, but he is not standing around and just letting losing happen. And, and some may say, well, he might be encouraging losing with the way that he's setting this team up for the future. Uh, but we don't know that yet, right? That's that's how this team is going to respond. If we can get an offense back, we've got the pieces on defense. Uh, we've proven that we can draft in the second and third round, which we'll continue to do. Uh, we will be able to fail, field a team that can compete. So you got to be thankful for Jalen Ramsey because along with the best defender in football, you're getting a top three corner and maybe one of the best corners in the game to go along with them. And then also you got to be thankful for Jalen saying that he doesn't need to get paid next year. Unlike a lot of these other players that are getting paid ahead of their contract. He said when he tr was traded here that, hey, I'll give you guys a year to come up with the money and, and figure out what you want to do with me. Who knows? The Rams always signing people early. They may end up trying to do it in offseason anyway. I don't think they'll have enough money. Uh, but he basically said until the new stadium opens up, uh, you know, even the year after that, he's on he's under contract next year, that he will wait. He's not going to hold out. He's not going to put up a stink. But if we don't pay him then, then he will. But you got to be thankful for that, that he, somebody finally is stepping up to the plate and saying, I don't need money right now. Uh, I'll wait on that. So that's great. He also talking about him wanting to be here. And then, as you mentioned, you got to be thankful uh, for the offensive weapons that we have and that we have coming back next year. And I talked about rebounding years and Jared Goff hopefully coming back next year and playing a lot better and having a different offseason approach and maybe a different game plan on how we do this. But you mentioned Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, all coming back next year. Whether you like them or not, they are three very talented wide receivers. And if we can get this thing figured out, get Jared Goff some protection, get his confidence back, this offense should be able to kind of keep moving. And then, you know, a couple other things I want to be, you know, thankful for is uh, thankful for you guys, the listeners. Uh, this is our over our 400 episodes that we've put up, over 800,000 downloads. Uh, we've got over 55 star reviews. And so I just got to be thankful uh, that we have this opportunity to talk to you guys on a daily basis. I want to be thankful for Jake for coming on the podcast and talking football with me. Uh, but overall, just kind of very thankful at our position and what we're doing here with the Lockdown Podcast Network. And hey, man, if we had to cover another team in the NFL, this is the one I would choose, Los Angeles, the Rams. They've got a lot of exciting things going on. So overall, very, very thankful for this football team. I know uh, there's a lot of things that we are frustrated about, but hey, you know, if it's not this year, which it's not looking like, right, they're still not out. We have eight. 0.6% chance at the playoffs or whatever it is. So there's still a chance to make the playoffs. But I think we all know from looking at this team, even if we get in the playoffs, it's not really a team built to go deep into the playoffs. So uh, as I talk about future, I'm not really selling them out this year. But I also know that this is a long-term approach, especially with the contracts we've gotten in. Uh, but I'm just thankful for everything that we've gotten here in Los Angeles. And we've got a great team kind of moving forward. So that is our thankful portion of the show. We'll wrap it up because we're getting a little long here. But uh, Jake, talk to me about what you think is going to happen on Sunday. Prediction, score, uh, how does this team get back in the win column? Um, unfortunately, Bear, I'm going to go with my first loss ever on a podcast. I think the Rams lose 23 to 13. Um, they have to prove it to me. You know, I went, uh, kind of looked foolish, you know, going out there like, you know what? This offense is going to drop 35 <laughs> and I'm not having it. They got to earn it. Um, I, I just, to me, I think the defense plays well, uh, but I, I think it's the same issue and I don't think just getting blown to smithereens at home, uh, solves it because I think it's a bigger issue than the scheme. I know people are going to hate me for that, but I do think Jared Goff is going to have to work through these mechanical flaws. And I just don't see it happening, uh, in less than a week, uh, because they played on Monday. So it is literally less than a week. I just, I don't see it happening. I think Jared is going to need to work on in the off season. Um, I don't know if the Rams will even consider trading him. I, I doubt it because of the, the guys up top, but I almost wonder if McVay really looks at Goff and as his guy, I think McVay kind of in, in, in the way, you know, he calls plays. I almost feel like he's kind of hamstrung uh, to Goff. Yeah. I think even if Bortles is a better situation, um, you know, right now, if he believes that he knows he can't go to him. Cause again, you have to play, you have to play the guy who's getting paid. Um, but I think it's a serious conversation and I, I want to urge the Rams community, the Rams fans to not, you know, completely destroy people that don't believe that Jerry <laughs> Goff is a franchise quarterback, because I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, you, you look around the league and there are definitely quarterbacks playing poorly. Um, 
but there's quarterbacks that are playing poorly. Like when, you know, Carson Wentz, everyone was saying how bad he looks. Carson Wentz is throwing to JJ Sega Whiteside, who, yes, he was a second round pick, uh, but he hasn't played like it. Okay. And, and he's basically been inactive the whole year. Uh, he's throwing to guys like that. And, um, you know, there, there are other, you know, guys around the league. Right. Um, Jacoby Brissett was throwing to, uh, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Zach Pascal. That was his, you know, that was his guy. Um, you know, Devlin Hodges is now starting with the Steelers. Just won a game uh, for them. Uh, friend of the right. podcast, um, you know, and he's throwing to guys like Deion Kane, who w- was cut from the Colts and uh, was just literally picked up off his couch. And now he's he's playing in games. Uh, so I, I think it's a lot worse. And I think that's the thing that has me a little worried about Jared Goff personally, because Sam Bradford, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Mark Bulger, eh, you know, mo- the majority of Mark Bulger's Rams career uh, did not have the weapons uh, Jared Goff has. And he did. They didn't have the mind that, you know, the offensive mind that Sean McVay uh, has. And, and don't get me wrong. McVay definitely deserves some blame here. Uh, running, you know, multiple screens on third down, you know, the, the handoffs, um, like we said, you know, definitely, you know, being conservative, uh, you know, with Jared, but I do think McVay deserves blame. So don't get it stretched as this is all on golf, but I think golf has some serious, you know, confidence issues and, I just don't see them changing, uh, you know, in a week or less than a week. And for that reason, I have the Cardinals 23-13 in a game where I just think, you know, Jared is just going to have too much of a, a too much trouble moving the football. I think this secondary playing the way they are, I think they'll do a nice job defending guys like Woods and Cooks and, and you know, Cup. Um, and uh, I just don't I just don't have confidence until I see more out of Jared yeah. because I was really hoping you know, the Monday night football game, you know, being in those uniforms for whatever reason, it's kind of stupid uh, playing at the Coliseum, you know, the last Monday night <laughs> football game at the Coliseum and, and having cooks and woods back. I think that's really the defeating nature of this. The Rams are almost right. entirely healthy. Now, don't get me wrong. They don't have no boom or Allen, but how much better would they be with the line right now? I, I wouldn't say Allen would be an upgrade over Blythe and you could make an argument. Nopum would definitely be an upgrade over Corbett, but only because he knows the offense a lot more than Corbett does. Uh, but getting Woods and, and Cooks back and, and, you know, scoring six points is just an excusable um, punting, you know, at the start of the third quarter was ridiculous. And so I guess like Mr. Optimist is kind of out on this one. Um, I'm going to watch the hey. game. I'm going to be rooting for the Rams, yeah. but I, can't give them a W because I was absolutely enthralled. Uh, I, I was completely blown out of my chair with how poorly uh, an offense that was, you know, chasing the greatest show on turf for, you know, the most dominant offense. Uh, it now looks just a right. And honestly, this is how I describe it. It's a Rob Boris offense with talent. Think about that. Talented players Ugh, with a yeah, Rob Boris offense. Well, I'll give you this credit. I'll give you credit for, you know, not just saying we're going to win because you cover the team and we talk Rams all the day and and you're a fan of the Rams. So I'll give you credit because I will tell you it's tough. I'm going to stick with the optimistic, optimistic side because, you know, kind of the points that I made earlier where we got blown out kind of at home versus the Bucks, even though we can't charge late in that game and had an opportunity still to win that game. Uh, But on a short week, we picked it up versus a divisional opponent on the road. I'm kind of pulling from that. Um, and that McVeigh hasn't lost against the Cardinals and that, you know, motivation there that, uh, you know, one, we need to win Two, it's a divisional game, which always seems to, you know, bring out a little bit more from a team, but I'm close. I'm really close <laughs> to switching and jumping and being with you and saying, you know what, screw it. You, like you said, you gotta prove it to me. Um, I think they will get it done. And, and after this game, it may, you know, I may be joining you on that side and saying until they win, until they can prove that they can score points offensively and move the football that, you know, they're not going to win that they don't really have a chance because if their defense, you know, is relied on every single week to, you know, hold opponents under 17 or under, you know, 10, which is a really tough ask in the NFL to ask your, your defense to do that weekend week out. And obviously we saw Monday night wasn't even close. Uh, but if you're going to put up six points and that's all you're going to do. And you mentioned punting in the third quarter and early in the fourth, and you're going to kind of wave that flag and you're not going to adjust and you're not going to do anything to, you know, try to get the ground game in early. And I understand this game got away quickly, but, but with all that said, I mean, I'm still 
one more week with me here on this optimism side. I'm going to keep it low. Um, I'm going to say 23-17 Rams just because, again, like you said, I don't see them able to score more than 23 points at this point. And that's the thing that scares me. If Kyler Murray can go out and they score 28, 30 points, then Arizona's going to win. I don't know if we can keep pace with that right now from what we've seen from our offense. So I'm really hoping that our defense can get back to it, whether that's creating turnovers or, uh, you know, the field position game and allowing Jared Goff on a short field to work with. But um, I got the Rams winning in this one. Another week I'm holding on, but I'm not far from jumping over and and being on your side as far as you got to prove it to me because right now, uh, what we saw last week is not enough to get it done, but we'll see. I've got 23-17 Rams with the win. Jake, as I said earlier, I am thankful for you, my friend. It's been fun talking football with you since we uh, started this early in the off offseason uh, this year and hopefully continue for a long, long time. Uh, I hope you have a great holiday with your family, enjoying uh, the turkey day, and I look forward to talking to you next week. Hopefully, we'll have some positive things to talk about. Hopefully, we're talking about a win. Everyone that's listening, we appreciate it as well. Jake, man, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, absolutely, Bear. I'm thankful for you as well. And just so, you know, the listeners know, this isn't just like, oh, like, you know, professionals going at it. This is like two friends. Uh, You know, I'm I'm lucky to have Bear in my corner. And, uh, you know, I I appreciate you, man. You're supportive of everything I do. And it, it means the world to me. 100, my man, 100. And for you guys, listeners, uh, we will be back Monday as uh, obviously tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Going to spend that with some family. I'll be driving out to Vegas. So I'll be watching the games from Vegas on Sunday and I'll be doing a podcast for Monday. We'll be right back here with you guys. We'll have Jake back on next Thursday. And again, hopefully talking about uh, some more positive things. But I appreciate you guys. Uh, Have a great Thanksgiving. And with that said, you know what it is, Rams Nation. Until next time. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.